Hey, thanks for joining us here at Broad River Church. For video messages and content, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our Facebook page. Find us at broadriver.church. This is a great way to stay connected throughout your week, no matter where you are. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Kevin Mullins, for this week's message. How's everybody doing today? That's all right. I'm so glad that you've gathered in on this uh, kind of cold uh, Sunday morning, but it's warm in here, and uh, so we're so glad that you have made the decision to be here. I'd like to invite you to join me in Scripture today. We always start with the Bible to see what God wants to say to us on a particular day, so we'll do that again today. I'll suggest we start in Matthew chapter 6. If you'd like to use the Bibles uh, that we provided us, Uh, provided there in the chairs. It's a page 811, Matthew chapter six, or you can use your own Bible, or if you prefer to uh, use your device, that's fine as well. Uh, My name is Kevin, along with my wife Jacinta. We're lead pastors here, and we're so glad that you have uh, joined us today. In fact, we have people joining us online in our digital experience, including guests, and we have guests here in the room today. Would you just help me welcome them today, let them know how happy we are that you're here. We're so glad that you have joined us today. Um, I'll just give a quick encouragement about 21 days of prayer. Thank you to Pastor Mike for setting up day eight for us. Tomorrow is day nine. We'll be back at it Monday through Friday, uh, 6 a.m. And uh, the encouragement, anything that we do as a church that has more lasting impact than these seasons of prayer uh, that we have. So I want to encourage you to be um, a part of this. Um, In fact, first of all, this has been an incredible uh, first week. Uh, more, more people gathering around than we've ever had before, more people involved, more people praying, more people fasting. And so that's a really good thing. Um, for, the, for those of you that haven't been able to be a part of the first week, I want to make an invitation to you. I'd like to invite you to be a part of the prayer and fasting. Starting today, all right? So be a part of this. You will, listen again, nothing has more lasting impact. Monday through Friday, 6 a.m., 9 o'clock on Saturday, and then in our services next um, next Sunday. I'll also just join uh, Angela's voice in inviting you to be a part of Growth Track next Sunday if you um, want to come closer to the center of what's happening here. Maybe been visiting for a little while. We'd love you to be a part next Sunday right after our second gathering. Today is week two of a series called What's In It For Me? How to Come Closer to God. Listen, that's uh, what's going on here with 21 days of prayer and fasting, right? We have an agenda. We, we want to know how God thinks about our life. Uh, do, does anybody remember years ago, these WWJD bracelets that everybody was wearing, right? But the question that we're asking here in these three weeks to start the year is not, what would Jesus do? If you'd like to know what would Jesus do, you can just see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's stories of his life written down. You can see what we would do. But the question we're asking in this season is more, how would Jesus live my life if he were me? That's the question we're asking. Last week, we said there were some spiritual disciplines that Jesus modeled when he lived here as a human. Disciplines that can bring us closer to God so that we can answer that question, right? Jesus prayed, so, so we pray. Jesus fasted, so we fasted. Jesus 
loved reading and hearing God's word be read, so we do too. Jesus spent time regularly with other believers, so we did too. In fact, last week we said that when we regularly practice these disciplines, we become ready. Right, listen, I want you to be ready for everything that life has to offer, everything that life will throw at you. We also said last week that when we practice these disciplines together, we have an even greater chance to succeed. Right, so here we are in week number two, and I want to talk today about the discipline of prayer. I want to get this deep down inside of us. Who's ready to go this morning? All right, let's read. Why don't you stand with me? It's a reading from Matthew chapter six. We honor God's word, the gospel reading by standing together. Verse nine of Matthew chapter six says this, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. How many of you are grateful for God's word? Listen, before you sit down, in fact, as you're sitting down, I want you to do something. I want you to channel this artist from many years ago, rap artist named MC Hammer. As you're sitting down, I want you to turn to some people around you, and I want you to say it just like this. I want you to say, that's why we pray, all right? Come on, do it. You're gonna do, that's why we pray. And you can be seated. You can be seated. God bless you. Very good. We need to pray just to make it today, right? <laughs> I can't, I can't do the pants thing. I don't have the right pants, so. I have, uh, I've referred to this article a few different times along the way, uh, an article from 2018 that was in the British newspaper called The Guardian. And the article's talking about prayer, but uh, not a Christian newspaper, by the way. It was a, just an article to the, to the public. And, and the article, one of the points it makes is that even people who weren't raised to pray, even people that weren't trained to pray growing up, even those people have the urge to pray. Uh, this is something that's telling about us as humans, by the way. That's not where we'll go today. But this article talks about this senior citizen named Henry who kneels down every single night and he prays. And his prayers, if you were to hear them, sound a lot like a lot of our nighttime prayers, probably. He starts out by reciting the Lord's Prayer. That's a good way to start. And then he asks for things. He asks for his loved ones to be kept safe and well. He asks for God to provide for him. And Henry, as you read about him, he sounds pretty normal. It's a good habit to being followers of Jesus should pray like this. Praying like this really isn't all that remarkable until you find out that Henry isn't really even sure that he believes in God. Henry says, in fact, quote, I wonder why I don't stop doing it, end quote. In fact, he feels, he'll say, a little bit hypocritical uh, about praying and asking for things when he doesn't even really believe. But I love this story about Henry. Because it just highlights that somewhere deep down inside of us, we all have this urge to ask for protection and to ask for the presence of someone or something bigger than ourselves. And this urge is almost universal. You can go almost anywhere in the world and you'll, you'll hear people reporting this. Check it. Even people who don't believe still often show up to pray with some expectation of something or something. Someone higher. The Bible has this phrase that it uses a few times that I like a lot, and the phrase goes something like this How much more then should we? 
right? And this is a good place to use that phrase. If someone like Henry is going to pray like this, even with his unbelief, how much more then should we? Right, last week we kicked off 21 days of prayer. We did it day one by reading what we call the Lord's Prayer, the same thing. When we read it last week, we read it from the Gospel of Luke, but Jesus also embedded this same prayer right in the middle of the most famous sermon ever preached. When we read it just now from Matthew chapter six, it's right in the middle of Jesus' sermon we call the Sermon on the Mount. Now, I was at this spot a few years back, and it's kind of much more of a big hill than it is a mountain, okay? But Jesus does some teaching on prayer in this sermon. And I want you to look at verse number nine. In fact, this is really, verse number nine is really what I want us to get most today. Jesus says, I want you to start this prayer out by saying, our Father in heaven. He says, I want you to start this prayer out by saying, our Father. Now, Jesus did not speak this sermon in Greek. We have our New Testament translated from the Greek, but when Jesus gave this sermon to those people sitting there that day, he would have spoken it in his own language of Aramaic. So the word that he would have used there instead of our Father is the Aramaic word Abba. Everybody say Abba. So yeah, way, way before ABBA was a kind of cheesy Swedish pop group from the 70s, okay, it was this familiar word that people in Jesus' day used to refer to their father. Father's just kind of formal when you hear it from your kids, right? If my kids ever came to me and said, Father, I need to speak with you about something that's going on in my life. I I would have known something was up, right? Something's going down. Hopefully, most of the time when they came to me, they said, dad or daddy. When we, when we say dad, there's, there's just more warmth and there's more tenderness in the word. Daddy still has all the protection. It has all the strength. It has all the, the, the benefit of being a provider and a guardian. That's all still in daddy, but there's also this tenderness there too. I just want you to see this morning and know how intentionally Jesus started this prayer that he taught us to pray. He said, I want you to start out by crying out, Dad, Daddy, Abba. Now, I know that when I say this and I use these words, I'm always aware that there are some people in this room that your experience with your father and what you remember about your father and how things went down with your father wasn't all that positive. So you don't necessarily have a positive connotation. I'm gonna talk about this a little bit more on day nine, except next time it's gonna be at 6.08 a.m. when I'm talking about it, all right? But, 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 but for you that are here today that say, I don't even know that word, that a positive thing, I just want you to think about this today. What if you could imagine Imagine everything that you wish that word could be. If things had gone well and if that father had been what you wanted him to be in your life, this is what you get when you cry out our father. Right, so you don't have to miss out on anything. There was an, an ancient father of the church named Tertullian. He, he suggested that in the same way that Jesus said Abba or Daddy, he said we could use this word. He said you can say Papa. Tertullian would basically go on to say, I know it sounds familiar. This is a quote from him, and I'm paraphrasing. I know it sounds familiar, maybe a little too familiar to call God Papa, but he said, the reason that we can call God Papa is because Jesus does. The reason that we can start out this prayer to Almighty God by saying our Father is because Jesus does. This is something that Jesus does for us. He bridges the space that is used to exist between us and God. Anybody happy about that? 
I'm focusing so much on this first word, Father, today because our Father, because it's at the core of why we would encourage you to gather and pray for three weeks to start the year. Listen, I respect your time. I would not ask you to, to do busy work. As a pastor and as a church, if you've been around here at all, you hopefully you know we aren't about getting people to jump through religious hoops for the sake of jumping through religious hoops. And this is not a small thing that I'm inviting you into. I've been asking you to make a decision for 2022 because this is the kind of thing that we do when we have a close relationship with someone. This is the quality of the kind of relationship we have when we enter into prayer. I want you to write something down on your connect card. It's going to come up on the screen here. Prayer is the most basic response we have to the love of God in Christ Jesus. It's the most basic response. I know everyone is motivated to serve God in different ways, to do different things when they feel God's love and people are inspired uh, to do things God's way in different ways. But listen, prayer is the most basic response and the foundation of that response is an intimate, warm, personal relationship. Prayer is a, a simple discipline that, that you can practice in so many different ways, but all of them come down to this simple but super important experience of opening ourselves up to the presence of God. We did this last week to end, a, end our service. Maybe it was in the second service, but I don't remember which service. One of the services we did that. I just, I just told you I wanted you to open yourselves up. How many of you know that when you go to pray and you go to worship that posture is important? How many of you can feel the difference when you worship, the difference between this and this? You know, it's the same when we pray. How many of you can feel the, the difference between this and this? In fact, we're going to do it right now. I just want you to do it again. I just want you to take your hands and just, just shake it out right now. I want you to open it. As, as, as Taylor Swift says, shake, shake, shake it off, right? Shake it off. Just open yourself up, right? up. Listen, open yourself up because here's what happens. The more we cultivate this relationship with God, the more that we practice these spiritual disciplines. And yes, it's quality of time, but guess what else it is in addition to being quality of time? Guess what else it is? It's quantity of time too. I'm, I'm going to come back to that. The, the more that we practice this, the more we come to know who God is. Let me just say something about quality of time versus quantity. Because some people say, well, I, you know, pastor, I, I don't get to pray very much. In fact, I very rarely pray at all. In fact, it's been weeks since I prayed. In fact, it's been a couple months. But listen, when I pray, I really pray. <laughs> listen, if I came to Jacinta, Jacinta's my wife, you don't know, she's over here. <clears throat> I said, hey, babe, uh, listen, we're not gonna be able to hang out too much anymore. Uh, I'm gonna be pretty pretty busy from here on out, sweetie. Uh, so if we could book like 20 minutes, maybe on Saturday afternoon, that would be great. Listen, I know, babe, I know it's not much, but listen, these 20 minutes that we have together, it may be short, but you're going to have my undivided attention. It's going to be a magical 20 minutes, sweetie. Anybody have any ideas about how that's going to go down in my house? <laughs> Somebody say, not good God's people, right? <laughs> Now, yeah, she wants the magic 20. Guess what else she wants? A whole lot of other magic 20s. A good relationship is going to have quality of time, and everybody say and, 
and quantity of time. Why? Because that's how you come to know that person. I love that Tim Keller says it in his book on prayer, because sometimes people will say, just pray. It doesn't matter what you think about God. It doesn't matter if you even know God, just say a prayer. And the good news is he does receive those prayers as well. But I like the way he says this, telling someone to pray and not worry about who God is or what we believe about him cannot serve as a sustaining operating principle of prayer. Watch this last sentence, because you cannot grow in a relationship with a person unless you learn who he or she is. And listen, so far in this room, there are many people who aren't caught off guard by anything you've heard so far. You've known already that you can call God Papa or Daddy because Jesus opened the door for that to happen. I already been knowing that, right? You know that because of Jesus's work for us and because of his rescue and salvation, we have access to this intimate and personal relationship with the God who created everything. You already know that. You know that prayer is the primary way that we develop that kind of relationship. And you know that the more that you put in, the more that you get out, you know all of that. And it still can be daunting to commit to. And we can still be reluctant to make a commitment to pray. There are others here who maybe don't know all of those things. You're new to thinking about Jesus in this way. Some of what I've said is new to you. And quite frankly, you're not even sure maybe how you think about Jesus, maybe even more how you think about the church and the things that the church is up to. And that's fine. By the way, we're so glad that you're here. If you're joining us in our digital experience, we're so glad that you, you belong here in this place even before you believe. And guess what? You have something in common with all of those people that know the things I talk about, just who haven't been surprised by what I've had to say. Here's what you have in common. The commitment to pray can feel daunting. We get reluctant when it's time to make a commitment to pray. It's the reason that I pushed so hard this week. And the whole time I've been pastoring, I have never pushed as hard as I did last week. When I got done and got to the car last week, I was sick of hearing myself talk about 21 days of prayer. I pushed hard. Why? Because I know the commitment to pray can feel daunting. Listen, with all the distraction in our world, it's a big commitment to give anyone or anything your undivided attention. It's a significant demand on your time if you're going to practice prayer well. So I suggested last week that when it comes to any of these disciplines, the hardest part is going to be what? Do you remember? Take, taking the first step. That's always the hard part. And listen, some of you have taken some major first steps this last week. Wow. I'm so excited about what God's doing. Come on, let's give God praise for what happened the last seven days in this place. That's important. By the way, it's also good to find different resources that, that talk about the different ways to pray. We have a prayer guide back in the lobby that's set up right now that can be a big, big help. There's a resource table there. Listen, get as many models of prayer into your hands as you can. Different varieties, different ways to pray. Mix it up. Spice it up. The, the kind of prayer that I practice most often, I want you to see a few different types of prayer. The kind of prayer that I practice most often, I would call conversational prayer. In other words, I, I just talk to God 
like we're having a conversation. If you hear me on 21 Days of Prayer, I pray out loud quite a bit, and you might hear me. It's just kind of like, God, here's what's going on, right? I'm scared. I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm mad. I really need your help. By the way, you're amazing, right? It's just, it's conversational. There's another type of prayer called breath prayer. This is a practice of saying a few words on the inhale of a breath and saying a few more words on the exhale of the breath. First of all, everybody take a deep breath. Now exhale. Now, if you just imagine saying a prayer, and so it sounds something like this, Jesus Christ, Son of God, and then you exhale, have mercy on me, right? This is a breath prayer. Well, pastor, it sounds touchy-feely. It sounds Catholic. No, it's just a tool. It's another resource. By the way, Catholic is not a dirty word in our church, by the way, so let's remember that too, right? Breath prayer. Another type of prayer is contemplative prayer. Contemplative prayer is usually just focused on one word, and you say that one word over and over again. Now, if you're thinking right now, you're thinking, well, that one word, I'm thinking about my husband, and the one word that's coming to me is jerk, and I'm just gonna say that over and over again. Jerk, 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 jerk. No, this is not what I have in mind when I say that's not, that, that is a version of contemplative prayer but I don't know. Usually you're going to take a, a, a sacred word uh, and you're going to re- just repeat it. And you can repeat it at a slower pace or whatever pace, but it's, it's, it's just removing your mind from the distractions, right? For instance, the, the prophet Isaiah says that when in the year that King Uzziah died, that Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. The train of his robe was filling the temples. And as he looked at the throne of God, uh, he has this vision that there were angels surrounding it. And the angels were saying this word over over and over again, and he joined them in this word. What was the word? Holy, right? And that's a great word to say in contemplative prayer, just saying a holy, a great prayer. It's also called centering prayer. Well, pastor, it sounds pretty new agey, sounds pretty risky. Listen, every good idea anyone has ever had comes from the heart of God, and contemplative prayer is similar to centering prayer, can be a good tool for praying. Don't do any of them all the time. Leave that up for a few minutes if you would. Don't do any of these all the time. You want to mix it up. Come on, somebody say, mix it up, baby. Good. Most of you said baby. Some of you just said mix it up. That's okay. The, the, the Lord's Prayer that we read today gave this primarily to us to be recited, now, it's fine to be recited. We do it at communion. It's, a, it's a good, maybe a good thing to get you started. But I believe that primarily the Lord's Prayer was given to us as a pattern for prayer. You see this here in the bottom. You need patterns. I pray the Lord's Prayer as a pattern very often. In fact, this last week, every single day, I prayed a portion of my prayer. I pray the Lord's Prayer as a pattern. Some of you need some patterns from prayer. There's some really good patterns in this prayer guide back there. Patterns can be helpful for us. You can Call them templates if you want to. What are, what are they? They're like handrails. You ever come down the stairs and you got the handrails on the side? Listen, we have a handrail on our stairs at the house. And normally when I go up and down the stairs, I just kind of run up and down. them. Well, I do my version of run up and down. them. It's, it's not like it used to be, but I still run up and down the, the stairs. But recently, we, we, our family got a new puppy. And he's uh, about three months old now, and he's, he's tiny, so he can't go up and down the stairs by himself. Well, he likes to wake up about 4.45 to 5.15 a.m. This is his wake-up time. Now, his actual wake-up time is about 2 a.m., but if, I, if I'm mean enough, I'd say, lay back down. Then he lays back down. But about 4.45, 5.15, he's ready to get up. And so I get him. So I'm stumbling. I've got him. I'm, I'm coming to the, the, the top of the stairs. And I can barely see because it's 4.48 in the morning. And guess what I do on the way down the stairs? I grab that handrail. 
Well, why do I do that in that moment when I didn't other times? Because in that moment, I, I needed some help. Y'all see this? I need, I need some help. Why? I don't want to drop him. Right? I don't want to do, do what I did a couple years ago and within the course of four weeks break my collarbone two times coming down the stairs. How does one do that? I did it one time here at the church. Right? So, so what I do, I, I reach out and I grab these handrails. They, they just help. What do they do? They help get me going. So, listen, some of you, let me just say this. Some of you, one of the reasons that prayer is difficult for you is that you're just coming in and you're just sitting down and this is fine. Listen, God's gonna receive any kind of prayer. I'm just trying to, is it okay if I teach you a little bit this morning? All right, okay. All right, good. Listen, some, some, if you come down and you're just, you, you just sit down and you think about God, let me say it this way. Thinking about God is not prayer. Now, can thinking about God lead to prayer? Yes, uh, that would be something we might call reflection or meditation. But when we pray, there's something that we actually do. Something is going to be said. Something is going to, now, I'm not saying you always have to pray out loud, although I believe that some of you would be really helped by exploring the discipline of praying out loud. But, but, but praying is actually to say something to the Lord, and sometimes these handrails can get, me go, get, get, get us going. No matter how we start, I want you to get this last thing today. Sometimes when you're done, you're going to feel comforted when you're done praying. Sometimes you're going to feel comforted. Sometimes when you're done, you're going to uh, feel stronger. Watch this. Sometimes when you're done, you're going to feel confused. Sometimes when you're done, you're going to feel bothered. Do you know why? Because you're engaged in an actual relationship. How many of you had a good relationship that when you were done having a good conversation with that person you loved, when you were done, you were confused or bothered? That's how relationships work. It's gonna be the same way when we talk to, to the Lord. But the amazing thing, no matter how you end up, the amazing thing to me is you will always end up closer to God than when you started. Always, I love that. I wanna stay here just for a few minutes. Don't, don't give up on the spiritual disciplines when they are difficult. Don't give up on the spiritual disciplines when you don't get the results you think you should get right away. Well, I tried, Pastor. I tried praying, it didn't just work. It didn't work for me at all. Listen, it's okay to struggle with prayer. The guys, the very guys that Jesus chose to personally walk in the flesh with him day by day, who watched him raise people from the dead, who watched Jesus literally walk on water, those guys struggled to pray. All of us have hard times when, when words just don't come. Somebody said, well, just pray what comes to mind. It's like nothing comes to mind. I love this scene from this old movie called Meet the Parents, where Greg Fokker, played by Ben Stiller, he just prays the most awkward prayer ever. You have a picture of Greg there? He's, he's asked <laughs> to bless the meal at his girlfriend's home. How many of you have seen this movie, right? I, I had to actually write it out because I wanted to get it right. He said, oh, dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this by day. Day by day, by day. Oh dear Lord, three things we pray, to love thee more dearly, to see thee more clearly, to follow thee more dearly, 
day by day, by day, amen. <laughs> if you're joining us in the digital experience, you can put the little LOL face there, right? Here's the point. Here's the point. You aren't alone when you struggle to pray. Tom Wright points out the problem when he says this, quote, there is good scriptural warrants for finding prayer puzzling and mysterious. St. Paul, in a famous passage, says that we don't know how to pray or what to pray for as we ought. That may be humbling, but it should also be encouraging. Close quote. Yeah, you should be encouraged that the person who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament said basically it can be a struggle to pray. That encourages me because there are times that I struggle to pray. It is not hard to pray right now during these 21 days of prayer. For me, this is about as easy as it gets. Why? First of all, I'm an extrovert and I'm surrounded by people in the morning. This is like my dream come true, right? It's the best. Lots of people, it's so, it's so much easier to do hard things when you do them with others. This is why G is trying to get me back to the gym this week, right? He said, he, 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 don't be clapping, G. That was not a clap moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it helps to journey with others. So it encourages me to know that others have struggled. Jesus disciples this early church leader named Paul. I want to show you one more reason that I'm encouraged when I have a hard time making a commitment to prayer. It's in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Paul says this, likewise, the Spirit helps us. Everybody say, the Spirit helps us. In our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. This is what Tom Wright was talking about. But watch this. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Leave that verse up for a few minutes there. Here's, here's a, a really good reason to be encouraged as you struggle with praying. The Holy Spirit is at work within you as you pray. There is this shaping that's going on when you pray. Get this, as you're praying, there are two levels of shaping that are going on. First of all, as you pray, God is shaping your prayers. Well, my words feel inadequate. I, I, I'm trying to pray, but I, I'm not even praying what I really want to pray for. This is all I can think to say right now. It's okay because as you're struggling, God is taking your prayers and shaping them into the words that you would pray if you could. That's big. I have people who come to me all the time and say, I, Pastor, I just don't have the words to describe what I'm going through. Sometimes when I'm praying for people down here at the front, I can see this in their faces. It's so much, I just can't even get it out of my mouth. And it's okay. Listen, God is shaping your prayers. And there's another shaping going on. Did you see that Paul says sometimes that all that's happening when we're praying is groaning? I've prayed this kind of prayer before. It goes something like this. Here's a pattern for prayer. It goes something, y'all ready for this? this? is deep. Ready? It goes like this. Uh, that's how my day, how my week, how my month, how my year went. This is how I prayed at the end of 2020. Uh, That's what Paul says. I prayed that way, but, but I can remember another time in my life when I prayed and groaned like this, and it was when I was probably in my early teens, maybe a little bit before that. It would have been late at night. It happened many times, and, and my mom heard me groaning. My mom or my dad would come in, and they would, they would rub my legs. Sometimes they would put oil or lotion on my legs, and it's, they'd say, it's okay, Kevin. You're, you're just having growing pains. 
Check it. God isn't just shaping your words when you pray. He's shaping you. He's shaping you. There's an old story about a young man growing up in a small village centuries ago. There weren't a lot of opportunities for a young man in the village that he grew up in or anywhere nearby. So when he was old enough, his father sent him off to work as a farrier. Who knows what a farrier does? What is it? They work with horses, right? Problem was, he hated horses. <laughs> he hated shoeing horses. He hated caring for horses. He hated the heat. He hated the smell. He was afraid of the anvil that was coming down to, short, to do the shoe and afraid that the horses were going to step on him and hurt him. So finally, he went to the pastor in his village and said, Pastor, I hate my job. What do I do? The pastor's polishing his communion cup. He kind of looks up and just says one word. He says, pray goes back to polishing his communion cup. So the young man prayed. He left and the first prayer he prayed was, Lord, get me out of here. How many of you ever prayed that prayer? Lord, get me out of here, right? <laughs> right, weeks, then months passed and he still hated his job. So he went back to the pastor with the same question. What do I do? He got the same one word reply, pray. So he goes back to work and this time he prayed, Lord, if I must be here, keep me safe. Weeks passed and then months and his prayer changed again. Lord, he prayed, I must be here, so keep me safe and give me skill at what I do. More weeks passed, more months. His prayer continued to grow. Lord, I must be here, he prayed, so keep me safe. Give me skill at what I do and bless the man who rides this horse I have shooed. One day, there's a woman at a place far from the village that was dying, and the, so the pastor had to get his horse shoed to ride out to pray with her. Come to find out, the pastor did not want to go. It was a long trip. He didn't want to go, so he shows up, and as the guy is, this young man is shoeing his horse, he's complaining about this trip that he has to go on. I'm going to have to go on a long trip, and it's cold, and it's raining, and I don't want to do it. And the young man turned to him and, and said one thing. Do you think, do you know what it was? He said, pray. You know what I love is that sometimes it's gonna be me encouraging you to pray. And sometimes in the body of Christ, it's gonna be you encouraging me to pray. This is what we're doing. Nobody on this stage is ever going to posture themselves as having this figured out. But we're gonna say, we've gotta pray. If we're gonna come closer to God, we've gotta pray. Well, well, Pastor, that's just simple. It's, it's just too simple. You're just gonna say, pray about everything. Listen, I wanna say this this morning. You've already tried the complicated way. You tried it. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. The T-shirt's already at Goodwill, right? You've done complicated. We've tried, Pastor Mike said it's so good this morning when he kicked off our day eight prayer. We've tried figuring it out on our own. So it's simple, come close to God in prayer. I was thinking of this song this morning. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do 
not carry everything to God in prayer. Lord, thank you that you have given us this way to speak to you. And Lord, thank you that you didn't make it complicated, that you didn't make us jump through a series of hoops to get to you. You didn't even say that we had to be doing the right thing. You didn't even say that we had to have accomplished anything. You just said, you can just talk to me. Lord, thank you that you draw us close in this way and that the more time that we spend with you, the closer that we're able to get. Thank you for the vision that you give us even right now of coming closer to you in prayer, that we've talked about it for many years and some of us have dipped our toe in, but that at this point you're all in and just give yourself to me. Would you just pray like you've never prayed before? Thank you, Lord, that you've called so many new people over this last week into this journey of 21 days. You have been glorified and lifted up in this place this week, God. And I pray, Lord, that there would be some that are in this room right now that maybe even that haven't been able to be a part so far that would just say, I'm not gonna worry about what I can't do and what my schedule makes it impossible to do. What can I do? How can I be a part? Lord, thank you that you are giving people in this room a vision that if this is gonna be the best year of their life, it's gonna be because it's the best spiritual year of their life. Thank you for the way that you're leading us in, the way that you're drawing us in. We love you, Jesus. I just wanna pray a prayer for someone here, maybe several someones. It might be somebody in this room. Join us online in our digital experience that as I was speaking today, maybe as we were singing earlier, maybe as we were kicking off this day eight of prayer, there's just something inside of you that says, I've, I've got something to do first. I, I haven't ever made the decision to give Jesus my heart and to follow the Lord and make him Lord of my life. If that's you today and you want today to be that landmark, that that moment in time that said that was the day that I, I went all in and gave Jesus my life might be for the first time or for the first time in a long time. I, I just want to pray a prayer here this morning, and this is the, the most important part of the service as far as I'm concerned. We give people a chance to just speak out loud with their lips what's going on inside of their hearts. If that's you today and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time, while nobody is looking around, all the heads are bowed and the eyes are closed, would you just let me know who I'm praying with just by lifting your hand this morning? Just let me know who I'm praying with. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. If you're online, you can just lift your hand symbolically. The Lord sees your hand right now. Broad River Church, we have the opportunity to pray with those who have lifted their hands today. Let's do that. And if you lifted your hand, especially you, just repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your resurrection and the new life that I have in you. Now I give you my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Turn me back to you. I want to live for you all of my days. Thanks again for joining us here at Broad River Church. Our heart is that you would come to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. 
If you'd like to take a next step in your journey following Jesus, just visit broadriver.church slash next steps. We'll see you next time.